everyone. This is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. So today we are going to begin a new series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, still falling under the weekly snippet of encouragement category, mm-hmm. but we're going to be reading a new book, and the book is, like I said, Ecclesiastes. Chad, I'm excited to get into this one. Yeah, this is going to be... This is great because we see a lot of the Proverbs that were probably written more towards the beginning of Solomon's yeah, life. Yeah, And then now we're going to look at how he didn't listen to himself and what he learned from that. Right, right. So let's just jump in right now. And I'm going to read a little bit out of the notes that are found in the John MacArthur Study Bible. Um, so I want to get to know Solomon a little bit deeper here. I want to uh, also just sort of scathe the tops, if you will, just sort of see from a 30,000 foot view what this book is all about so that everyone listening can kind of get the point of why this book was written. Right. You know, Ecclesiastes is, in my opinion, my humble opinion, one of the best books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's so applicable to every human being. Right. I mean, I know, I know every book is right. Right. But like this one literally speaks to that, that sort of what people call that Jesus shaped hole in people's hearts you know that Mm -hmm. that gnawing sense of eternity which is in every heart of man and the futility of life yes if if all you're doing is looking for satisfaction from the things that you're doing how come they never fulfill right that same idea right the great rolling stone song i can't get no satisfaction right that song is famous and popular for all these years because it's a universal experience Mm -hmm. like everyone is searching for that thing that will satisfy them and here's the news guys here's what we need to understand that thing is jesus that person is jesus it is god yeah we've been created in the image of god for his glory and when we're separated from him we are lost can't get no satisfaction can't can't find it outside of him so Without further ado, let's jump in here. Again, I'm reading directly from the notes that are found in the John MacArthur Study Bible at the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes. So, the autobiographical profile of the book's writer unmistakably points to Solomon. Evidence abounds, such as the title. The title fits Solomon in verses 1 and 1. It says this, Son of David, King in Jerusalem. And it says that he's the king over Israel in Jerusalem. Number two, the the author's moral odyssey chronicles Solomon's life, which, as a side note, if you guys out there listening want to read about Solomon's life, you can go to First Kings chapter two, verse. I'm sorry, First Kings chapter two through eleven, mm-hmm. and you can read all about Solomon's life. And the third reason why this we we know that the author is Solomon, it says that the role of one who quote taught the people knowledge and wrote many proverbs, and it says that in chapter twelve, verse nine. And so, these descriptors only describe one guy in the Bible, right? And it's Solomon. Now, once once Solomon is accepted as the author, the date and the occasion becomes clear. Solomon was writing probably in his later years, no later than 931 BC, primarily to warn the young people of his kingdom without omitting others. He warned them to avoid walking through life on the path of human wisdom, he exhorted them to live by the revealed wisdom of God. And Chad, like you said, mm. you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. And so here's one of the wisest guys that ever lived. And he is saying through this book, don't 
lean on your own understanding, right? right? Yeah, don't do that. It's don't only going to lead you astray. It's only going to lead you astray. So some of the historical and, and the- theological themes that we find in this book, um, we're going to see this word vanity a lot, mm-hmm. right? Now, the word vanity, and it, depending on what translation you have, it, it, it can be described, it can be um, translated in other ways, but the word vanity is is pretty famous from this book. Um, and it's the, the Hebrew word habel, which means emptiness and vanity. Mm-hmm. Figuratively, it means something transitory and unsatisfactory. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is perfect, right. right? Once we understand that, oh, that's the meaning of the word, we get basically mm-hmm. what this book's about. Right. Trying to find satisfaction in everything other than God. It's like a piece of candy. <laughs> it tastes good in the moment, but you'll be hungry about five minutes later. Right, right, right. Now, what I also find interesting, Chad, about this this word uh, Hebel is it comes from a root word, which means to be vain, an act, word, or expectation, but it also means to be led astray. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an interesting thing to think about because when we're trying to find satisfaction in anything other than God, we all are we are always led astray. Mm-hmm. And I find that interesting that it's just bound up in this word that's used, right? So let's get into it. We're going to read chapter one today. Yeah. And just like we did with the Proverbs, we're going to read the whole this whole section and then we're going to circle back and have some commentary. Yeah. Chad, why don't you read verses 1 through 11 and I'll read verses 12 through 18. Sounds good. So verse 1 says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil, all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows in the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run into the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been and what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. I, the preacher, have been king over Jerusalem, uh, king of Israel in Jerusalem. And I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I've seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity, a striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is but a striving after the wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases in knowledge increases in sorrow. Not very encouraging on its face. <laughs> right. But 
It's like going to the doctor mm-hmm. and getting told that you have cancer, which I have done, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Not the best diagnosis, but not a great day. <laughs> you have to know what the issue is so you can apply the right mm-hmm. prescription and fix it. And so um, let's just make some comment here. A couple of things I want to reiterate mm-hmm. before we kind of dive in. Again, that word vanity means, uh, in its figurative sense, something transitory and unsatisfactory. Okay, there's also the word in verse 3, toil, which is the Hebrew word amal, which means wearing effort, labor, misery, pain, work. Mm-hmm. All right? And then there's a word in verse 3 before the, ver- the the word toil, gain, and that's that word is Oh, I can't pronounce this one, but it's it's a Hebrew word, yithron, mm-hmm. and it means preeminence, gain, better, excellency, advantage, profit. Um, and so, you know, that third verse there is really the the beginning of, of it, this sort of pontification. Because mm-hmm. he says, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanities, which is the same way, actually the same exact way that he ends this whole book, mm-hmm. you know. But then he goes, he says, what does man, what advantage is there in all my labor? Right, mm-hmm. I could say it that right, way. Right, right. What, like, why am I working so hard? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he really goes into his examples of the sun rises and it goes down where it goes. The streams flow into the ocean mm-hmm. and it never gets full. It's basically this is all going to happen whether I toil or not. Right. This is going to continue on whether I toil or not. The earth, you know, remains forever. You know, I can work my tail off to to beautify something or build a house or plant a garden and get food. But at the end of it all, the earth still continues to do what it does. Vanity of vanities. It's a striving after the wind. Right. And, you know, this really is a summary statement of some of the things that King Solomon really does honestly wrestle with, Mm -hmm. as we're going to see all throughout this book. I mean, the very first test Mm -hmm. that he's going to get into in chapter two, he immediately starts with, pleasure like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna pursue pleasure right. as my primary goal right and like you said he, he goes and builds houses and he does all kinds of crazy cool stuff and i don't want to jump too far ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. but the reason why i bring that up is because he just finds that he's just wasting his time yeah. right and like how fitting for that to be the first thing right since mm-hmm. that's basically the first thing that most people gravitate towards right right, right. We're, we're, we have like in our human nature this desire for comfort and pleasure and we just we pr- we so highly prize it mm. as if it's like the goal of life. Yeah. Right? And we've talked about this problem with thinking that way so many times in this podcast with the example of the billionaires who are just mis- miserable, right? right. The extremely wealthy people who have made that their goal and they're just miserable, right? Yeah, I even think about now we've, we've got billionaires who are trying to fly to space on their own and do yeah. all this kind of stuff, which in its own right can – can seem cool, you know. Hey, that's cool. I think it's cool. Hey, going to space, that's yeah. great. But what has it really done? What does it do? <laughs> <laughs> right? It doesn't do much, right? It doesn't do much, but some billionaires are going to space. Cool. Yeah. That's cool, you know. Right. But at the end, they will die like everyone else. Right. And all their stuff will be forgotten yeah. like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Solomon is really saying here. He says know? that in the 11th verse. There is no remembrance of former things, right? right? And it really speaks against the pride of man. Yeah. You know, what he's saying there is you can't sustain yourself. You're not so important that anything that you do would be remembered forever. Even that, you don't even really come up with anything new. Mm-hmm. Where he says in verse 10, he says, yep. Is there a thing in which it is said, see, this is new. It is already in the ages before us. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, with technology, we're doing some new stuff. Yeah. But we're just recycling old things, right? right? Space is not new, right? <laughs> or right. Some, we have some inventions that we can do things more easily. Right. But at the end, the same desires, the same wants, the same sins, everything is nothing new. Under right. The sun. I, I'm just reminded of like cryptocurrency, you know, yeah. it's, it's this huge thing. It's a $3 trillion you know, industry at this point. That's a lot of money. And <clears throat> I was I was listening to a history of econ- of U.S. economics podcast because I'm a nerd and I like to listen to that kind of <laughs> stuff. And in the colonial period, Chad, all of the colonies were creating their own paper currencies. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could have uh, banknotes issued from Philadelphia, and you could have banknotes issued from you know I don't know uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, it wasn't around back then, but oh, uh... <laughs> one of the other colonies, right? Like, <laughs> you know, so. My point is this, is that they had all these like fiat currencies, but you couldn't use them in other, in other colonies. You had to use them in that colony, right? And so that was a problem. So they finally came up with a unified currency. And my point is, as it relates to cryptocurrency, there's all these cryptocurrencies out. And everyone's like, oh, this is such a great new thing. And I'm right. like, no, I mean, it's you just... can only use these cryptocurrencies on these particular networks. And there's really right. no unifying one, you know. It's like everyone thinks it's new stuff. Right. But it's not. It's just a reiteration of uh, old, old stuff of an old concept right, right. exactly and so that's a, a huge theme that solomon really does deal with in this book mm-hmm. now i want to move on to verse 15 because this is a statement that we see pop up again in this book but really what this statement is is illuminating for us is the sovereignty of god mm-hmm. okay this is a huge theme in all the wisdom literature job right. psalms proverbs uh ecclesiastes what is crooked, it says, cannot be made straight. And what is lacking cannot be counted. Yeah. Well, who made it crooked? Right. God did mm-hmm. in chapter 3 of Genesis. Sin enters into the picture and he drops a curse bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the result of sin. Yeah. And it's crooked, right? It, it, you see kind of the, the same terms, crooked, and, and mm-hmm. I'm going to make the crooked places straight in like all the prophets, right? When mm-hmm. he's talking about Messiah. Yeah. Right, and I don't want to read in too much too much into this term, but the point is, as it's used in this book, mm-hmm. it refers to God's sovereignty. Right, like we all exist under the hand of God. When he's speaking, really, from the the perspective of man, meaning, and we see this in our culture right now: no sort of social justice, no sort of justice mm-hmm. system, no sort of government, no right. sort of whatever is going to make sin not exist. Right. It's not going to take away wicked hearts and wicked men. Right. There's no such thing as developing a human utopia. Mm-hmm. I was listening, you know, uh, occasionally I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. You know, I don't agree with everything that he says, but you get some honest conversation there. And they were, they were speaking about this idea that Elon Musk have that neuro uh, whatever. Neuralink. Neuralink. one of his companies. Yeah. And the whole point is to take away all these like desires and create this utopia, right? All the bad stuff will go away and create eternity. Well, because you can control people's brains or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the idea is like you can, all the things that create bad emotions would go away and all this mm. kind of stuff. And it's such a futility. But it, you can see man desiring eternity, man desiring yeah. sin to be taken away. Yeah. Uh, but in just such silly, you know, schemes yeah. that... That's what Solomon's saying. There's nothing new. Right. Man's been trying to figure that out by themselves For forever. Years. Yeah. Yeah. What you're mentioning, he's like a transhumanist, right? So, yeah. You know, if, if you guys out there listening are interested in what Chad's mentioning, like, <laughs> there's a huge movement going yeah. on, by the way. And yeah. it's called the transhumanist movement. It's right. been going on since the 50s. But right. because technology has taken such a deep root in our lives, 
it's becoming more and yeah. more um, seemingly possible. Right. And one of the one of the great objectives of this movement, I did a little bit of research into mm-hmm. it because I was my wife brought it up and I was like, oh, okay, I got to figure it out. One of the great objectives of this of this movement is eternal life. Exactly. However, they're pretty much all atheists. <laughs> <laughs> right. So man trying to be God, right? This has been going on since the garden. <laughs> exactly. It's not any different. Right. And that's the whole point. Nothing new. You know, don't be deceived by the things in the world. Right. That the heart of man desires to be God and desires to fix things on their own and only continues to make more of a mess of things. Right. The last point that I do want to bring up is verse 18. Verse 18 says that in much wisdom is much vexation and he who increases in knowledge increases in sorrow in other words it's the more one knows the more one realizes the vanity of the world and solomon says this at the very end of this book he says in chapter 12 verse 12 my son beware of anything beyond these referring to the words of the wise and then he says of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Yeah. The end of the matter is this. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Mm-hmm. Why? For God will bring every deed into judgment, whether every or with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And I think this is important to bring up at the outset of this because especially young guys, young young girls, when 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 knowledge really takes root in the mind of a young person, mm-hmm. we we begin to search for everything, like search for truth everywhere, other than the source of it, right? Which is God's mouth, right? I know this is definitely true of me. Yeah. When when knowledge really took hold in my heart, and I was like, I just have this insatiable desire to know stuff. Mm-hmm. I began to search everywhere, mm-hmm. other than the Bible. Started mm-hmm. in college, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in college is usually when you know. Because right. in high school, you're like, I don't freaking, you know, whatever, you know, high school, you don't care. Yeah. And most people don't care. But college, you get like introduced to this whole new realm of freedom, right? You're out from under your parents' reign and rule. You get a little bit of money usually from whatever source, right? And you get introduced to different ideas. Mm. And I want to say this, that we have to understand that a life with without God's glory as its primary purpose is a life full of vanity. Yeah. And the more that we begin to truly understand the world around us, the more it becomes more clear that it is truly vanity. Yeah. Right? So we want to encourage you because all this is quite depressing. (laughs) We want to encourage you, like Solomon says, fear God and obey his commandments from the heart. Right. Out of love for God and love for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. This will give you meaning. This right. will give you purpose. Or rather, it'll make you realize your actual purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. All is vanity except for following Christ. Amen. That's the only place, the way, the truth, and the life. Right. That's that's what produces eternal life. Yes. All the things you're talking about. So as we're talking through all is vanity, Solomon's really speaking about physical things, worldly things, man's knowledge, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is one path that's not, and that's to make Christ Lord and follow him as as God. Amen. Well, we hope this encourages you and we thank you for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project Podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website 
tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.